to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey, and I'm very excited to have with me today Miss Amy Hornberger. Amy Hornberger trained and performed at the Harrisburg Academy of Dance and at the Harrisburg Dance Conservatory. She went on to study, choreograph, and perform at Goucher College, where she had the opportunity to study with such greats as Violet Verdi, John Clifford, Steve Coaster, Bruce Wells, Carolyn Dorfman, Pat Graney, Trisha Brown, and so very many others. Amy earned her BA in psychology from Goucher College in 1994 and went on to study at the graduate level, specializing in child psychology. This additional training gave her an in-depth understanding of child physical, cognitive, and emotional development, which she used to develop her ABCs of dance preschool to early elementary school program. She continues to study dance in New York at the prestigious Broadway Dance Center and the Pulse Teacher Workshops. She has had the opportunity to study with So You Think You Can Dance choreographers Mia Michaels, Wade Robson, Brian Friedman, Chris Judd, Dave Scott, Shane Sparks, and Laurie Ann Gibson, and with master ballet teachers David Howard and Finnis Young, and hip-hop expert Ms. V. Amy has been teaching and performing since 1996 in the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area. Her award-winning choreography has been performed up and down the East Coast, and her students have been accepted to the Baltimore School for the Arts as well as the Carver Center for Arts and Technology. Her work with Ballet Petite won Best of Baltimore 2003. She founded Synergy Movement Theater and School in 2001. In addition to her role as studio director, she designed the set, scenery, and costumes for the performances. This school became the Baltimore School of Dance in 2009, which she is the proud director and owner. Hi, Amy. Hi, Casey. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Everything, uh, considering. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. As far as the world is concerned. Uh Well, Amy, as you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and in honor of that, we are going to kind of center our conversation today around that. Um, Mm -hmm. Amy and I have both, um, in other conversations, kind of shared that she and I have both struggled with mental health in our own lives. And um, so we want to kind of shed some light on that and talk about how we manage that as business owners, as educators, as leaders, Um, because chances are we are not the only dance studio owners in the world (laughs) that have these struggles. (laughs) Yes. Um, I was actually uh, telling my adult ballet class this evening um, that I was going to be interviewed about this topic. And I said, I think as dancers, we're kind of type A personality. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfectionists. Yes. Perfectionistic, high standards for ourselves Mm -hmm. and very hard on ourselves. And that just probably is, makes us good at what we do, but also makes it harder to do what we do as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's learn a little bit more about you, Amy. Give us a little background on yourself, how you became a dance studio owner, what your dance education was like growing up, all that good stuff. 
Oh, let's see. I started late okay. because my mom wasn't super supportive of me wanting to be a dancer. She wanted me to be a concert pianist. Oh, wow. Or a cellist or a flautist. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I always loved music, but um, I didn't particularly enjoy playing it. Um, so did you take lessons in all three of those instruments growing up? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure all your music training came oh, in handy as a dancer. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for it. I'm definitely grateful for it. Um, so when did you shift from music to dance? About the age of 10, 11, somewhere okay. around there. And I started with jazz because I wanted to be a solid gold dancer. Oh, yes. Do you remember those? Oh, yes. Yeah. And so I started taking jazz class once a week. And then my teacher told my mom, you, she needs to be in more classes because, you know, there's something to this. And, um, of course, my mother's reaction was, she just wants more money from us. <laughs> so God bless my dance teacher as well, because she, she had me assist classes but really she was just catching me up and giving me free classes but what a brilliant way to do that yeah yeah so I got my start there and Harrisburg Academy of Dance and then I went to Goucher Mm -hmm. and talk about big fish from small pond into Mm. (laughs) itty bitty fish in a big pond there was a lot of talent there. Um, I had the great privilege and honor of studying with Violette Verdi mm-hmm. uh, two years in a row because she was one of our guest artists. And she was the kindest, most humble, sweet, wonderful woman. And, you know, I knew she had been a big star. You know, she was one of Balanchine's muses, but she came into class and would greet all of us, kiss on each cheek. How are you? You know, every class. Um, And then she also would take everyone that auditioned and make them all look good. Mm. And, but she was also just very, very kind and very funny in class. And I felt myself wanting to please her even more. And I'm like, wait a minute. The other teachers that scare me, I actually don't do as well in their class as I do in Violet's class where she just makes you feel like you're one of her friends. Right. And we're just having a good time. And so that really stuck with me. And that's how I approach my own teaching. That's awesome. And then when I, (laughs) I wanted to declare, I wanted to declare my major as a dance major, both my parents who are divorced and never agree on anything were like, (laughs) no way. (laughs) So technically, I was a psych major, but I still did all the dance classes um, in the major. I just didn't graduate with a bachelor in dance. It was in psych, and then I did two years of grad school in clinical psych, worked in the field for a little bit, hated it. I worked in a residential treatment center on their crisis unit, and I was teaching the girls a ballet class because all they had were like yoga videos and aerobics videos Mm -hmm. because they couldn't leave the unit, but they had to have daily exercise. And they, you could tell they were just 
bored and tired of doing the same stupid videos every week. So I asked if I could do it and they loved it. And I absolutely love teaching them. And I mean, these were like inner city gang members that had never seen anything like ballet. Wow. And they just ate it up. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, I think I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> I went back to dance. And I taught for, well, I taught for Robin for a while. Mm-hmm. And I also taught for a couple other studios. And then um, one studio that I was teaching for was based in Bethesda, but they had like satellite locations in like, you know, rec centers and church halls sure. and things like that. Sure. And I was their Baltimore teacher and the, the parents were like, look, we love you. We hate such and such a company, you know, we're tired of dealing with their office and, and they're rude and they're, you know, they make mistakes and we're just tired of it. Start your own studio. And I'm like, Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but okay. And the day I opened for class, my first class was the September 11th. Oh my gosh. So that was Wow. My- yeah. What a day. What a roller coaster. <laughs> yes. So they were all calling me going, are you having class? And I was like, uh, if you guys come, I'll have class because it was in my home. I actually had turned a room into a studio because I started with like the itty bitties. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, well, yeah, I'll do it. So some didn't want to come, but the rest did. They're like, we want to get our kids out from in front of the TV. Mm -hmm. So the moms were sitting in my living room crying in front of the television. Oh my God. And I was upstairs in my studio teaching these little kiddos. And that's how it all started. Wow. And so when did you move to your own location? Uh, So I was in my home studio for maybe two years. And then I I had been doing classes in a church for this other company. And I just basically waited until their classes just petered out completely. They couldn't keep it going. So it might have been only a year that I did it in my house. And then I started renting out the church space once this other company was actually gone. And I was there for a number of years. And then I decided it was time to get my own space. And that was about 11 years ago. So that's awesome. Good for you. So how do you incorporate your psych training and background into your teaching in a dance setting? Oh my God, every day. I'll bet. (laughs) All the time. Yes. So like my developmental psych stuff comes into play in my teaching because, you know, behavior management, cognitive and physical development. You know, I'm all about that stuff. (laughs) Yes, I know. But yeah, so I use it every day um, dealing with the children, but then I also use it dealing with the parents. Oh, for sure. You know, so like. Give us an example. Oh, you know, when a parent is losing their mind about something, you repeat back what they said Mm -hmm. and you don't use accusatory statements. You Mm -hmm. use, so when you say this, I am hearing this, trying to understand that most people 
they're not out to get you whatever their garbage is so to speak it's usually about themselves Mm -hmm. so um because i have always taken everything very personally um so you know just because a parent yells at me doesn't mean they hate me. It might just be they're having a bad day and I have nothing to do with it. And, and because our business is so personal and so, you know, personally important to us, it's hard not to take things personally when parents come to you with an issue. Yes. And also I think we have to remember we are dealing with their children. Right. And they, I mean, I have not met too many parents that don't give a crap about their kids. <laughs> it's all, they just want the best for their child. They exactly. just want their child to be their best. Mm-hmm. And so when they're losing their mind, it might just be some perceived problem that they think their child is having. Right. Like through this whole COVID-19 thing, like I've noticed doing Zoom classes, like a lot of parents, they're like trying to fix their kids' feet and their arms and telling them what to do. And I'm like, please walk away. <laughs> yeah. Let me be the teacher. Walk away. <laughs> yep. So, and, you know, I know it's just they, they want their child to do their best, but, you know, they may not understand that developmentally they are not capable of performing to the level that they think they should. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely For helps. Sure. When you have that one difficult parent, sometimes it's almost like a game to me to figure out that parent's button. What is the thing that they really want and will do anything to get it? Mm. So that you can kind of, well, it's manipulating them, but in a way that, you know, is good for everybody. Right. It's so that. It's manipulation, but with good intentions. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, if the child needs to be doing this and the parent doesn't quite understand why the child needs to be doing this, like what is it that's going to get us to the same point? Yes. Yeah, You're re- really what you're doing is trying to meet the parent where they're at. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or just it's, put it in... Yeah. And I mean, it's, I, I feel like it's, it's the same as like, you know, when you're teaching a new step to kids and they just need to hear it explained maybe in a different way than you're used to mm-hmm. usually explaining it. So sometimes if you give them a metaphor yep, or if you relate it to something that they do every day or something they like, they're like, Oh, now I understand. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like you got to do the same thing with the parents. Absolutely. The parents understand, like, maybe they want their kids to be really good at math. Well, dance helps math skills by using the music and the counting and the spatial the patterns and the spatial yes. awareness. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. All of that, how it benefits them, then maybe they're going to be more on board. For sure. Got to dance and put them in math tutoring or, you know, whatever. Right. So in, in as concise a manner as you can, um, tell us about what your own experience with mental health issues has been. So I've had issues with anxiety and also depression. And, um, you know, that can make you think that you're not doing a good job. And if nobody is saying... You know, oh, you're doing a great job. Oh, you're doing a great job, which let's face it, the human condition, we tend to complain. 
when yeah. we're not happy. Right. And we kind of keep our mouth shut when we are. Mm-hmm. So um, that doesn't work so well. As a business owner, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so, you, don't, you don't have someone telling you, hey, you did this right. Good job. Yeah. You know, you're only getting the customer feedback when there's a problem. Exactly. I think you really have to try and keep your inner struggle kind of separate from your 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 business life because inner struggle is not always an accurate perception of what's really going on. Well, that's so true. Yeah. So I find it helpful to, with my significant other, Fred, I like to bounce things off of him because sometimes he sees it in a completely different way mm-hmm. than I might see it. And he's also not emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. So um, I find that incredibly valuable to have somebody who's not emotionally attached, but is supportive. Yes. Because like, you know, you can have family members who are full of advice, but they, they know nothing about what it is you're dealing with. And um, that can be really frustrating. So I try to bounce ideas off trusted friends. And your DSO Connect friends. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I don't know what I would do without you guys. (laughs) (laughs) That that is the main reason why I started DSO Connect was because I was having some mental health struggles and dealing with burnout and dealing with that imposter syndrome. Oh, yes. Feeling not good enough and needing reassurance from people who understood what the hell I was talking about. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I really struggled with the whole imposter syndrome and Sometimes I still do. Not oh, I still imposter. do too. I still do too. And you yeah, know, but definitely that I'm not good enough. Social media makes it so much worse because you can oh, God. and see what another studio has posted or watch a video of someone else's dancers and just think like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. I'm yeah. not teaching good enough. My students aren't good enough. I'm not good enough. What am I even doing? Yes. <laughs> Why can't my kids turn like that? Why can't my kids turn like that? Why can't my kids jump like that? Why can't I post these amazing montage videos on Instagram? (laughs) But it's so hard when you see these things every single day to constantly remind yourself, you don't know the circumstances of that other studio. You are dealing with what what you have been given as far as a student population. You're doing the best that you can and you're doing a good job. Absolutely. Because parents are so unlikely to tell you when they're satisfied customers, it's yes. so hard to feel that validation. Absolutely. It really is. It really is. Yeah. You, ha- you also have some chronic health issues too, yes. right? And that yeah. certainly plays a part in mental health as well. Because if you're constantly oh, yeah. in pain, that's exhausting. It's exhausting. It makes you irritable. Yeah. It makes you depressed. So it's all, I mean, physical health, mental health are all so intertwined and, yes. and really affect how, how you interact with yourself, how you interact with the world around you, how you interact with your students and your parents. Absolutely. Um, so how have you learned to kind of balance your mental health and stay on top of your depression and anxiety as a business owner? So about a year ago, I had uh, a point where I was like, I have to do something differently. So I meditate every morning and every evening. My faith is very important to me. Mm -hmm. So I start my day with a little 
10 minute YouTube video. There's a, there's a channel I follow. So I start my day with God, That's great. <laughs> which helps me. Um, but I also meditate. So, and I am very easily distracted. My mind wonders. Mm -hmm. I'm great at the creative part of my job. So I use a guided meditation every morning and every night um, when I go to go to sleep because otherwise my brain goes a mile a minute and I can't sleep. Yeah. Um, Where do you, what do you use for your guided meditation? Where do you find those recordings? YouTube. Really? Yep. Will you share some of those videos or the, or maybe the channel or whatever in the, yes. in the DSO connect community group. So other people Absolutely. can, can Absolutely. those. One I really like, and it's called your universe and universe is spelled Y O U. Mm, cute. Yeah. Plus her voice for some reason is just super soothing to me. Mm, nice. <laughs> so I do that. Um, I make sure I get, you know, some sort of exercise, like during the whole COVID thing, mm -hmm. um, Fred and I have been trying to go for a walk, which just kind of helps you clear your head. Mm -hmm. Plus you get that exercise that you need. And outside getting that vitamin D. Yes. That's, that's super important for me. So I actually too. have a light cause I, I definitely have like a seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, I do a brain dump once mm. a week. So Monday morning, I do a brain dump of all the crap I have in my head that I need to do. And then I pick the three most important things to do. And then out of those three, I pick the most important thing. And because I tend to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So I pick the one most important thing and I do that. And then usually it kind of, you know, you get into the flow of things and you're yeah, like, you get oh, I got groove. that done and it makes me feel good. So I'm on to the next thing. Woo. So I do that. Um, I have everything on Trello from my business life to my personal life. I mean, like if I plan a birthday party for Bianca, I have my Trello list. Um, being outside by the pond, that was one of my big things. Mm -hmm. um, I need to hear that running water. I need the soothing uh, sight of the fish swimming. Gardening is so important for my mental health. Mm -hmm. and, and I do, so they say to do like 30 minute sprints, but those don't work as well for me. I tend to do more like 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. Of activity, of, of productivity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I reward myself, even if it's just a piece of chocolate or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it is, I reward myself. So um, I've tried to be more disciplined that I don't do social media or anything like that um, during my sprint or an, I assign a sprint to it. Mm, yeah. And so I you set know a timer. Coming. Yeah. yeah. I set a timer on my phone. Um, and for the really important stuff, cause I tend to, like I said, be easily distracted and mm -hmm. a little forgetful. And so for things that I need to do every day, I actually have reminders on my phone. So I set an alarm on my phone, not just a reminder, an alarm, alarm. that I have to uh -huh. turn off or, or snooze until, you know, but so I snooze it until I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, for those things that absolutely have to get done. So I try to have myself as organized as I possibly can be, but then I also try to be gentle with myself because of course 
no one is going to get everything done that they feel like they need to do. Absolutely. There just is not enough time. Yes. And, and when, when you're, when part of your mental load is occupied by anxiety or depression or whatever the diagnosis is, you can't, you can't commit a hundred percent of your focus to anything else. Exactly. There's always that 25% or that 5% or whatever it is. So if you struggle with mental health, it's so important to give yourself some grace when it comes to productivity yes. and not associate your worth as an individual with how yes. much you get done in a day. Because if you struggle with mental health, it's going to be less than someone else. But that exactly. doesn't but that doesn't mean that you are less of a worthy person than someone else. Yeah, I, you know, um, when I was trying to up my business game, you know, you'd hear about the, all these people that'd be like, and you have to get up at 5.30 a.m. and do this and do that. And I'm like, Mm-mm, I cannot do that. I am not a morning person. Nope. I have fibromyalgia and arthritis. So I can barely get out of bed <laughs> and walk down the steps to make my coffee in the right. morning. So um, that's why I incorporated the meditation first, because when my body is not wanting to do anything, I can at least meditate. And some mornings I might meditate before I even get out of bed because I'm just like, I feel like crap, but I want to accomplish something. And does that make you feel like, okay, I've, I've accomplished something. Now I can accomplish something else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's sort of, that's been my rule. Every day, just try to accomplish one thing. And mm-hmm. one thing does not necessarily have to be for the business. Right. Sometimes that one thing might be, you know, sitting and relaxing for an hour. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's my one thing. Um, with this whole COVID-19 thing, I was just so stressed out because I felt like I should be doing all this stuff. Right. For the business, for when it reopens, but I had no motivation whatsoever. <laughs> so um, I decided to take one week where I only do stuff that personally makes me happy and makes me feel good. Oh, God, that sounds amazing. Uh, what I kind felt, of stuff did you do? I mean, sometimes it was stuff for my business because I was like, you know, I think I actually want to do this today. Yeah. And so I just let myself be able to do that. Sometimes. The one day, though, I honestly, like, I just sat and binge-watched Netflix. What did you watch? I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't know. And did but you was, did you shut no. down the studio for that week, or were you still teaching? No, I was still teaching. Mm-hmm. So I taught my classes. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of the time, I was just like, I am just going to. So, like, um. And it was a a week where it was, the weather was really nice. It was really warm out. Mm -hmm. So I spent time outside. I spent a lot of time outside. Um, Like I said, I really um, can relax better when I'm in nature. Mm -hmm. So I love to garden. I, I like just being out, you know, communing with the animals. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and finding that balance between, doing things that personally fulfill you and doing things that have to get done is so important because if you don't 
do at least a little bit of things that personally fulfill you, you're yes. going to get burnt out. Yes. And that's exactly. not, that's not sustainable. That constant, you know, rise and grind mentality, being a martyr for your business. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's not, no. there's no longevity there. So you have to find a way to balance those things so that you can maintain that life. Well, and what I found out, um, because at first I felt guilty, like spending so much time meditating, mm -hmm. but I realized, but the, after I was doing it for a while, I realized I was actually more productive. Yes. Way more productive when I was meditating taking time for myself mm -hmm. than when I just tried to work all day. I am not the kind of person who can sit in front of a computer for eight hours. I can't do it. Right. That's yeah. just not me. That's yeah. part of the reason why I'm a dancer. I need to be moving. Need to be moving. I need to be creative. Um, and sometimes being in front of the computer is creative, but sometimes it just feels like I'm having a root canal. <laughs> yeah. So it, I think it's really important to not feel guilty about taking care of yourself. And I tell the, the parents this all the time at my studio. I'm like, cause like I'll, I'll hear the moms that are like, Oh yeah, I've really been wanting to take an adult class, but like I'm always taking care of my kid. I'm like, mm -mm, mm -mm. need to take care of yourself. If you want to take a dance class and that would make you super happy and fulfilled, you need to take a dance class. Your kid will be better off because of it. Exactly. And you're, and as a business owner, you need to do those things that personally fulfill you and make you happy and, you know, fill your cup, as some people say, because if you don't do those things, you're going to get burnt out. The more that you fulfill yourself personally, the better you can be, the more in tune you can be, the more present you can be for your business. Absolutely. And, you know, if you are not living and living your life to the fullest that makes you happy. And I'm not saying there is a fullest, you know, it's different for every person. Right. There's no one definition for that. <laughs> yeah. But if you're just constantly working your butt off, what are you working for? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're never going to have time to enjoy what you've worked so hard for. Right. So you have to take time. Like I personally, um, because of my faith, but also because, I just think it's better for me. Um, I do not do any work on Sundays. Nice. None. Good for you. No studio work at all whatsoever. Yeah, you have to set those boundaries for yourself. Sometimes it's really hard and I feel uh, really guilty, but then I'm, I work pretty much six days a week. Having Sunday to just like say, mm -mm, no, I physically am able to recover. I'm mentally able to recover and then I'm more productive and I'm ready to go. Like I'm, I want to get back to work right after that. So, yeah, that's so important. Yeah. I have, um, my therapist told me to, um, make a list of things that I like to do for no other reason than for myself Yes. And to think of those things as part of my to-do list. And so I have a, a whiteboard at my desk in my office where I have my, my weekly Casey time checklist. And yeah. 
I've got, you know, my list includes uh, taking a ballet class, taking a yoga class, going for walks, uh, you know, all those that those kinds of things that like have nothing to do with building my business, but are important for me. But when she told me to think of it as part of my to-do list, I was like, oh, I always thought of it as something to do with my leftover time after my to-do list. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I would even go a step further and say, it's part of your treatment. It's like, you would never, you would never not take your medication for the condition um, because you don't have enough time. Right. Oh, that's good. And if you don't take your medication, and for example, I have asthma as well. Mm-hmm. If I don't take my asthma medication, I'm not going to be able to breathe. Right. I'm not going to be able to live. Right. Which means you sure as hell are not going to be a very good dance teacher. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I think, I think more people need to view mental health not as, ooh, that person has mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I mean, anyone who's on medications, it's a chemical imbalance. Vitamin D deficiency from not being out in the sun, causing depression, yep. is a chemical imbalance. It's not anything anyone did wrong. Absolutely. So um, if you think of it more as your medicine. I love that. That's such a great way to think of it. And that's, that's what I've had to do. I've had to, it's, it's my medicine because it not only helps my mental health, but it also helps the physical issues I have as well. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, I tend to have muscle spasms. So by meditating, by taking time to stretch, Mm -hmm. I'm actually relieving my pain, which is relieving my stress. Right. Which then helps your mental health. Yes. It's a circle. Absolutely. You know. It's all a complex network of intertwined Thing. all of everything yeah yes absolutely absolutely are you doing anything differently during covid lockdown that pertains to your mental health take care of yourself in a different way now yes so as you saw in our interview it's really hard for me to get time to myself to meditate yes because you have a little one who needs her mama time and who is high energy <laughs> High octane all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I we we meditate together now. Do you really? Oh, I love that. I mean, she doesn't always sit there for the whole thing, but at sure. least she tries, and at least I get five seconds of quiet. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's great, and it's um, probably really good for her too. Yeah, but that's the tricky part because she was in school. Five days a week from nine now to twelve. She's not yeah, and now she's not. So work has been very challenging. So I'm really just trying to not let myself get stressed out. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, I I have to take my own advice. So if I am expecting a parent to not expect their child to be perfect mm-hmm. in class and just let them be a kid then I can't expect my child to be perfect and let me work for three hours straight. That is not going to happen. Right. And it's okay Mm -hmm. because I don't think anyone has any particular expectations right now. This. Uh, Yeah. Everything is upside down. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> upside down, inside out, backwards, forwards. Yeah. It's like when, uh, you know, you know, when you're in the ocean and a big wave hits you and you don't see it coming and you just get flipped all around. Yes. And you don't know which end is up. That is what life is like right now. <laughs> that is how I feel right now. Yeah. yeah. So just trying to go with it and know that eventually <laughs> I will figure <laughs> out where the sky is and I'll be able to breathe again. Yes. And finding, those, finding those little moments of clarity are so important too. Yeah. And um, just trying to do the best I can without beating myself up when, yeah. like I said, she runs through my class, my Zoom class naked. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's only so much I can do. Yeah. The struggle was real and it is, it is, yeah, it's kicking all of our asses. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is kind of exhausting. So I'm also giving myself permission to sleep a little more. Yeah. Um, procrastinate a little more. And I think I told you, like, I talked to my therapist, uh, what was it, Friday a week ago? Mm -hmm. And he was like, when I said, yeah, I think I'm drinking a little more. He's like, that's okay. Yeah. I'm like, I have therapist approved drinking privileges. That is yeah. perfect. Yes. I think I know. we are I think it is allowed that we are drinking a little bit more than normal during yeah. this totally not normal time. Yes. <laughs> when I told him how much, he's like, No, that's not a big deal. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Josh and I actually just decided today, we're like, mm, maybe it's a bit much. Why don't we try and not drink during the week and just stick to weekends? So that's our new thing. We're not drinking during the week, only on the weekends. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know with my four-year-old and two. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I could around, do I just, know. I don't think I could do just weekends with a four-year-old in the house. <laughs> well, try three of them. Two yeah, no. And a five-year-old. Definitely not. Definitely not. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, I'd like to end with our new thing that we're doing, which is what is something in the last week or so that has made your heart happy? Oh, <laughs> it's been a rough week. Hmm. Um, okay. So this was a mixed Thing, Cause we actually um, just had to say goodbye to one of my kitties. Oh, I saw that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I had her for 17 years. Oh my gosh. Um, when we were, we were all there, um, Bianca wanted to be there and the vet asked her or asked us what our favorite memory of her was. Basically she was just such an inspiration Aww. that um, I think she'll, she will never be forgotten. And Bianca also, you know, was kind of talking about um, the different things that uh, she would do that she was never going to forget. And so that really Aww, made Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Because my kid is, is definitely an animal lover and mm -hmm. um, very thoughtful and, you That's know. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, my kiddo, she definitely makes me happy. So, yeah, whenever I'm feeling crappy, I just kind of look at her, and she's got such a great take on life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's see. I think my um, heart-happy moment was um, last 
sometime last week, I posted in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month um, a very long post on Facebook about my struggle with bipolar depression and went into lots of details and... um, And I was like really nervous about it because it's not something that I have really shared with a lot of people at all. And, but I, you know, I felt very strongly that fighting back against the stigma against mental health is something that I'm really passionate about. And so I just, I just kind of wanted to put it out there. One, to fight the stigma and two, to kind of make other people feel less alone who were going through similar struggles. Yes. Um, by the and, way, it was very well written. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and um, very brave. Thank and you. It, yeah, it was fantastic. Well, I, I was really shocked and um, pleasantly surprised at the feedback that I received. So many people leaving, you know, comments on it, but then also so many people like yourself messaging me and saying, thank you so much for writing that post. I, you know, this resonates with me because of X, Y, and Z, or I've struggled with, you know, A, B, and C or whatever it was, but people who maybe didn't want to post or comment publicly on, on my original post, but wanted to reach out to me personally. And that was just, it was really, I don't know. It was very encouraged. It was, it was discouraging that so many people related to what I had to say, but it was encouraging that my message was uh, well received by so many. Well, I mean, I think, I think we all have a little part of us inside that we feel is broken, mm-hmm. not that we're necessarily broken, but I think everybody really feels that way. And it's, not something most people are brave enough to admit mm-hmm. to other people. Um, I know, you know, like my parents' generation, it, like, what? You're depressed? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and right. get on Suck with it up. life. Suck it up. Yeah. yeah. Suck it up, exactly. Well, you know, um, that was told to a family member of mine and he killed himself. Mm. So that doesn't work. It doesn't, <laughs> right. it doesn't always work. As it turns out, sucking yeah. it up is not always the best course of action. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Neither. Well, yeah. I would like to end today by saying that if you if you, anyone listening, are struggling with mental health in any shape or form, feel free to reach out to me, first of all. And second of all, that you deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel better. You deserve to receive treatment. Um, I know people have differing opinions on medication, but but medication has saved my life for sure, without a doubt. Um, And- And you can, you know, treatment is not um, something to be ashamed of. And if you no, are, and there's so many treatments. Absolutely, it's not just medication. No, I mean, like between medication and therapy and um, different forms of therapy, there's something out there that yes. can help you. And 
taking the first step to getting treatment is so hard, but I just encourage you if you're struggling, especially now, times are so hard and this is totally unprecedented and people are really feeling bad (laughs) and you're not alone. You're not alone, but you deserve, you deserve to feel better and you deserve to, um, to feel happy. And I strongly encourage you to seek out treatment and take that first step. And if you need help doing that, you can reach out to me and I will help you do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Me as well. Um, because you can get strategies and get points of view that you just Mm -hmm. never thought of before that can make all the difference sometimes. Absolutely. And sometimes just talking to uh, an impartial third party can really yes. make a difference. <laughs> Absolutely. They're not your friend. They're not your spouse. They're not your family. They are a professional person. And sometimes just saying things out loud to them makes a huge amount of difference. So, so yeah, you deserve to feel better. And yes, and we're here to help. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this topic, Casey. It's Absolutely. So Amy, thank you so much for joining me. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Same. All right. Well, have a great night, everyone. Stay well, and we'll be here next week. Bye.